Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Please remain seated until the reading of our gospel scripture this morning. Um, In preparing... For the scripture, Psalms 123, I noticed that Psalms 118 is a hymn of thanksgiving, and it's a psalm by King David. So I thought I'd introduce a little bit of Psalm 118, a thanksgiving, before we begin our scripture lesson. And it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his love endures forever. Now for Psalm 123. This is one of several psalms which is considered a song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to you, to you who sit enthroned in heaven as the eyes of slaves look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a female slave look to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us his mercy. Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy on us, for we have endured no end of contempt. We have endured no end of ridicule, ridicule from the arrogant, of contempt from the proud. Now, for Matthew 25, the Christ is days away from the cross. He is trying to prepare his disciples for the days later. He wants them to be always ready and focused. In the scripture just before this, he is given the parable of the ten virgins, and now he continues with another parable. And this is one to say to always be ready uh, and able. This is the parable of the Ten Talents. Please rise if you are able for the gospel reading. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag. 
each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed? Well then, You should have put my money and deposit with the banker so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have Even what they have will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his parable in this word. Amen. Do you want to be happier, healthier, and an all-around better person? There's a way that is free, easy, and totally up to you. It's gratitude. Gratitude is much more than saying thanks. It's a way of seeing the world. And with practice, we can train ourselves to feel gratitude more frequently and powerfully. The scientific evidence is clear. Practicing gratitude is good for you and your loved ones. Grateful people get sick less have healthier hearts, exercise more, get better sleep, 
Grateful people are more optimistic, overcome adversity better, find greater joy in life. Grateful people are more generous with their time and money, are more forgiving, and build better relationships with loved ones. Just like strengthening muscles, you can build gratitude simply by exercising it. So, how do you develop an attitude of gratitude? So, St. Peter is checking IDs, the gates of heaven. Here comes this man, comes a Texan. Maybe his name was Roy. He says, tell me what you've done in your life. Says St. Peter, and the Texan says, well, I struck oil. I feel like I need to speak like John Wayne. I struck oil, so I became rich, but I didn't sit on my laurels. I, I divided all my money, and I gave it to all of my family in my will. So my descendants are set for at least three generations. St. Peter says, well, that's quite something. Come on in. Next. The second guy in line has been listening, so he says, I struck it big in the stock market, but I didn't selfishly provide for just my own like that Texan. I donated $5 million to save the children. Wonderful, says St. Peter. Come on in. Who, who's next? Third guy had been listening, and he kind of timidly walks up to St. Peter, and he says, well, I, I only made $5,000 my entire lifetime. Heaven, said St. Peter. What instrument did you play? <laughs> Sorry, I had to look over towards the musicians. That's <laughs> not where you're... Not quite the direction of our focus today, but let's listen to what God might have to say to us uh, about stewardship of our finances, our gifts, and our lives. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, I, I ask that you would speak to us. God, that, I, that we would encounter you in a new way, that we would hear your message. And so, God, I ask that, that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words for your people. And all this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So before we dive into this passage from Matthew today, I wonder if we could briefly look at this, this psalm that was read. It's another one of those short psalms. Uh, and yes, we did hear the whole thing of Psalm 123. Uh, unlike last week's psalm, which was a psalm of praise, this one kind of turns us inward. This is a psalm of confession. We are asking God to have mercy on us. But what for? What are we asking for, for mercy? Well, well, verse 3 tells us that we have had more than enough contempt. This contempt is for those who find themselves at ease and are scorning us. These are the proud, maybe those who, who elevate themselves above others and then look down upon people socially, economically, maybe even spiritually. So as we approach the gospel reading, let us remember that all good things come from God and therefore all things will return to God. We should never elevate ourselves above others, feeling like we are better than them. We should allow the blessings that we have to bless others around us. So when you feel like you are blessed, 
understand that it is so that you can be a blessing to someone else. So we're all gifted in one way or another. We all have been given spiritual gifts by our Creator God, and all the gifts that I have are not the gifts that you have. And likewise, the gifts that you have are not the gifts that I have. This is the beauty of the body of Christ. We all have certain gifts. We are all needed in the kingdom. And so our individual gifts come together and form this community of faith, this body of Christ, so that we can share the gospel message with others, so that we can love and care for others. So that God's mission of salvation for the world can come to fruition. That is a purpose. It takes all of us. We are all needed. We all need to contribute. And I'm not just talking financially. This is also of our time and our talents, those spiritual gifts that God has given to us. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? Do you know what those gifts are? If not, I encourage you to take a spiritual gifts inventory. You can find any number of these online, or you can just reach out to me. You can reach out to Jason, and I'm sure that we can supply you with an assessment so that you can find out what those spiritual gifts are. And I encourage you to take those regularly because sometimes those spiritual gifts shift. One gift may make itself very evident to you at one, at one point, but then all of a sudden you find that a different gift is coming out in a different time. So I have to uh, mention this because the NIV translation talks about this, this parable as being, it does say about being the, the parable of the talents, uh, but then in the scripture it talks about bags of gold. Uh, and so in my translation, the ESV translation that I have been looking at, it, it uses the word talent. And so I'll be using the word talent, but understand that that is the, that is the same as what, uh, what Doug was reading to you about the bags of gold. Because talent is an interesting word that Jesus uses in this parable, mainly because, maybe because it's our view of this word, talent. Because talent is something that someone is good at. Maybe it's singing or playing an instrument or playing a sport or even having the ability to retain knowledge or an understanding of numbers and finance. These can be considered talents, but that's not what Jesus is talking about in this parable. The, the talent that Jesus mentioned is a direct relation to finance, which is why we heard bags of gold. You see, a person is getting ready to take a long trip and needs to entrust his wealth with the others in the household. This person comes, calls some of the workers together and divides up some of his money. One person gets five talents, the other gets two talents, and the final person gets only one. They are given according to their ability. This is important. The money is divided up and given unequally according to each person's ability. I think we also need to be aware that there is actually no instruction given by the owner of the house, the money is just entrusted to them. Here. He doesn't say in the parable what to do with it. Just entrust them with it. Now, it would, be, would probably be good to understand this, this talent. And so, as we just have a, try to get an understanding of just how much money was given to them. Because a talent or a bag of gold, how much actually is that? 
Uh, because you can take this a few different routes. Most of my research pointed to a talent being actually a unit of measure. It's a weight that you would probably use to weigh out a bag of gold, silver, or any other precious metal. A talent is equal to about 132 pounds. 132 pounds. That's quite a bit, especially if you were weighing out a bag of gold. Therefore, one person would have received 660 pounds and the other would have been 264 pounds, and the last would have still received 132 pounds. And even 132 pounds of gold is pretty extravagant. We should also be aware that there are references to how much money a talent would have been, because in other stories in, uh, throughout Scripture, we've, it's been kind of related to about 6,000 drachmas. <laughs> Thank you. It doesn't help much, does it? What are, what's a drachma? So if we think about this, I mean, the amount of this, 6,000 drachmas, a talent of gold, would have been equal to a laborer's wages, not for a year or two or maybe even three years. It would have been equivalent to about 15 years worth of pay for a laborer. While that was a lot of money that was given to three people, the focus story really isn't on the amount of money, but the response of the gift. What was the response uh, of the people to the gifts? Well, two of them actually had similar responses, while the third was completely different. The first two take the gifts that they have been given, and they make their money work for them. They do this so well that they double the amount that they had been given. They're able to return twice the original amount to the owner. Then they are rewarded for their work. However, the last person didn't do quite so well. This person decided that it would be safer to just bury the money. After all, investing in using gifts is risky. The stock market hasn't been too reliable lately. There could be another crash in the sheep futures or the sandal-making industry. What would happen if this person would have lost all that money? How could he ever face the owner when he returned? Better to be safe than sorry, right? You ever heard that phrase? But I don't think the owner was very pleased with this person. Cast out into the darkness for this one where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That doesn't sound too inviting, does it? I wonder if this is our response to the gifts that we've been given? Do we fear losing the gift or, or possibly more common, do we fear rejection if we get out of the boat and use those gifts? What talent or spiritual gift do you have that you worry about using? Do you have the gift of speaking or writing? A gift of compassion or healing? A gift of organization or leadership? that you don't feel like using because, because you might not be accepted. This is like the person who took the gift that was given to him and proceeded to bury it in the ground. Maybe this person didn't want to risk losing it, or maybe they didn't want to actually use it. The reasons why could be many, like the reasons you might be thinking of right now. Maybe you don't even realize that you have the gift. What are you afraid of? 
Why would you not want to use the spiritual gifts that God has given to you to multiply the kingdom? You have gifts. Yes, I said gifts, plural. You're not just given one. You have multiple gifts. You should be using them in all aspects of your life. What's holding you back? Maybe some of you are are more on the conservative side, not politically speaking or even theologically speaking, but conservative as of holding back but not wanting to stick yourself out too far. You know that you have a certain spiritual gift, but you're not ready to just kind of jump out and volunteer yourself. You'll use your gifts when asked to, but you're just a little hesitant about sharing is there something that's, that's causing you to hold back a little? I feel like most of us are in this particular boat. I'm going to go back to your boat there, Gary. But yeah, we know that we've got a couple of good, strong arms, a good, sturdy back, and we could row this boat well. But we're also content about sitting on the promenade deck and soaking up the sun. Now, if someone were to ask us, We would certainly help out by turning an oar, paddling us into the future, but but we're not going to speak up. Who knows? We might be relegated to the paddling crew for the rest of our lives, and we're not sure that that's exactly where we want to be forever. So as Gary shared last week, how do we get out of the boat? How do we step out in faith and offer ourselves and our resources to multiply the kingdom? We are called to this mission to live out our faith as we encourage others to become disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. This is the mission of Journey of Hope. This is your mission, should you choose to accept it. We can only accomplish this, brothers and sisters, if we are fully invested in the mission fully invested in our relationship with Jesus Christ, fully invested in our relationships with each other, and fully invested in kingdom work. So how do we become fully invested? Great question, you ask. First, we cannot bury the talents that we have been given. We can't. God has given them to you to use, not hide them away. Use those gifts. Second, being conservative with our gifts is not something God is asking us to do. There's a passage, I think, in Revelation where where Jesus is talking to the church in uh, Laodicea about them being lukewarm in their ministry. Jesus tells them that it would be better if they were hot or cold. Believe or don't. Engage in mission or don't. But don't just coast through your days with no spiritual direction. Don't be lukewarm. You see, we need to be aggressive. Not in a pushy or an argumentative fashion, but in our ministry, using our gifts. How, does this, how would this look if we were to be like this? It would be like being a people who offer support, help, and use of their spiritual gifts freely without the feeling of needing to be asked. If you have the gift of administration, offer to use that gift by leading meetings, 
heading up a new ministry or helping those with the gift of visioning to put a plan together to launch a new ministry. Being aggressive with your gifts would be, I don't know, like reaching out to to Jack or to Paul and asking how you can join the mowing crew. It would be asking Janina or Gail how you can get involved in some of the food ministry at Journey of Hope. It would be asking Andy or Dave Jackson how you can help pack shoeboxes or acquire items to fill the shoeboxes or fill these boxes. Or maybe ask for the dates of that mission trip next year and plan on going. It would be like asking Sherry how you can help with the video presentation for the worship services. It would be asking trustees if there are any projects around the church that you can take care of. It would be reaching out to me and asking when I plan on holding that meeting to talk about mental health in this community and what we as Journey of Hope can do to help. So many ways. All it takes is the initiative to reach out and to offer your gifts to the kingdom-building efforts right here and beyond. So let me end with this. Upon giving the owner back his money, with the generous increase in funds, the people were given more. This is a good thing. These words are spoken. You have been faithful in a little. I will set you over much. As we use our gifts to multiply the kingdom, we will see an ever-increasing need to use those gifts even more. And that is good news. It will also give opportunities to help others with those same gifts as they come alongside of us, as we work together for the glory of God, building God's kingdom through the power of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the inspiration and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to use your gifts? Amen. Thank you. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, you have gifted us with so many things. You have provided ways for us to multiply the kingdom. You have given us these spiritual gifts to use. God, maybe we have been too hesitant. Maybe we have hid those gifts for far too long. And we realize now, God, that you are calling us to get out of the boat and you are calling us to use those gifts without even being asked. You're calling us to offer them. To say, how can we help? What can we do? How can we use this particular gift that I have to to expand your kingdom? And so God, I ask that you would guide us, that you would strengthen us, that you would encourage us to get out of the boat, and that you would allow us to truly use those gifts that you have blessed us with. So God, all of this we are grateful for, and all of these gifts we use for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. As we get ready to go forth from this place, go forth knowing that you are gifted. You are gifted in many ways. 
God has blessed you with those spiritual gifts, not so that you can bury them or hold on to them tightly for your own glory, but so that you may share those gifts, that you may offer those gifts to everyone and to point towards the glory of God when you use those gifts each and every time. So go using your gifts each and every day in every place that you are, especially in your circles of influence. Go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.